the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Yes, it is, and welcome back as we head into the third hour of our daily three-hour tour this Friday, March 11th, 2022, coming to you live from the Guns Etc. studios. You go to different political events, uh, as, uh, as people like I do, and sometimes uh, you run into new people, and then sometimes you run into new people who you keep seeing at other similar events you go to, and they're no longer new to you. One of the people I keep running into at some of these events is one Amy Carney, and the more I've got to know her. Uh, the better it gets. Not only is she uh, a dedicated uh, conservative and a professional and an expert on things I've, you know, spent a lot of my time in life working on uh, psychology and, and, and children's uh, in the care and protection of our youth. She's an author, Parent on Purpose, a courageous approach to raising children in a complicated world and to additionally warm the cockles of my heart, she is doing what I am asking as many people as possible to do. She is running for school board. God bless you. God bless her in Scottsdale Unified School District. Amy Carney, A-M-Y, Amy Carney, C-A-R-N-E-Y, 4, F-O-R, S-U-S-D.com. Amy Carney, 4, S-U-S-D.com. Hello, Amy. Welcome to the show. Hi, sir. Thanks for having me on. You betcha. First-time guest. Uh, spent a little time with you, as I do with every uh, first-time guest. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself autobiographically and, uh, you know, how you ca- grew up and uh, how you came to be doing what you're doing. Yeah, so, um, like you said, I am a writer. I grew up in Indiana and uh, moved to Arizona probably about two decades ago with my husband, who played hockey for the Coyotes, which is how we landed here. Ah. Um, and yeah, and we have six children. So we, uh, my firstborn are triplet sons who oh, are wow. off to three different colleges, three different states, and a daughter who's 19. So yes, that's four kids in 18 months we mm-hmm. had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we adopted two sons from the foster care system here in Arizona who we, uh, are currently raising here at home. Wow. That's the real deal. Fantastic. <laughs> and along the way, you picked up a few credentials too, didn't you? Yeah, why not? Why not? That's how moms is moms of many role. <laughs> you are a, uh, a psychologist by training, if I understand uh, if I understand what I've read in your book uh, correctly. Your book is Parent on Purpose. I love. Uh, by the way, before we get to your campaign for school district, uh, uh, Scottsdale Unified School District School Board. Uh, before I get there, one of the things I was so attracted to is right up front in the book, talk about how you know children haven't changed as much as we think. It's the parents. It's the adults. And that's something out of uh, something I say in, in, in my regular speeches when I give speeches on education. We don't really have youth problems in this country. We have adult problems in this country. Do you agree with that? Right. I think we have leadership problems. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> I, enough. Right? If you're uh, parents and adults, yes, the, it's, it's the leadership that's changed. Um, and, and kids are still looking for parents, for teachers, for mentorship, adults uh, that are leading them. Um, and, you know, in the correct ways that we they should go. And that's where we're struggling is because we are now becoming, you know, on the same level as children. And, and that's harmful. They need to to learn from, you know, strong adults how, how, to, how to live life. 
Yeah, I think that's right. The distinction between adulthood and childhood has has been uh, shrunken and in some places totally obliterated. I've been focused on this for years. I don't know if you know or if you know, I don't know if you like, but I, I, I've gotten a lot out of the work of uh, Neil Postman. I don't know if you if you know some of his work. One of them, one of the big bo- important books he did was The Disappearance of Childhood. We'll talk more about your book in a moment. But talk to me too Amy, about why you've taken all your expertise. You've written books on this. Uh, You're engaged in uh, psychology and you have raised six children of your own and are raising uh, – you are raising six children of your own. Why did you decide to run for school board? Well, I decided to run for school board because I was – I was looking for a leader to do this instead of myself. I'm busy, right? I'm I'm a working mom Um, and then – the more I was interviewing people, I realized that it was me. It's, it's like they say, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. Okay. So I was like, okay, I think it's it's me. And I, I've always been a champion for, for kids and for parents, families in our local community. So it just makes sense that this is just like the natu- you know, natural extension of what I'm already doing. Issues you're running on, issues that motivated you to run. Issues that motivated me to run is um, I'm I wasn't happy with what I was seeing you know during COVID, what families were experiencing, and how different things were here in our public schools, which is where my you know my my kids are, and where you know what was going on with our neighbors. We were you know my kids were at home, uh, stuck at home learning online while I was watching my neighbors rush their kids off to charter and to private, um, and I just started seeing so many differences in the way we were educating our kids. And so I really started diving into that, and why is it so different, um, you know, from one mile to the next here in our in our state and across the country? And so I've I've learned so much, and I realized how powerful a school board is. I yeah. had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea. And so, um, and it really makes a difference who we elect to be on these boards uh, because they're the ones making really major decisions for our kids and for our families and our community. Amy Carney is our guest. She's a candidate for uh, school board in the Scottsdale Unified School District. Amy Carney for SUSD.com is her website. Amy, talk to me a little bit about some of those major decisions uh, these school districts and school boards, particularly in Scottsdale, have been making that have, you know, inspired you. Is it masks? Is it vaccines? Is it critical race theory? Is it the curriculum? Maybe it's all of it, but but or maybe it's something I haven't mentioned. Talk to me about those 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 motivating factors and issues. Yeah, I think it's all of the above, like you said. But I'm really uh, passionate about the curriculum. Good. That's kind of where it all started for me. Yeah. It's really important to me what you know is being taught to our kids in the classroom, and that's where I really started diving into what what is coming into our classrooms. It's been really difficult because we've been locked out as parents uh, of our kids' schools. We have not been allowed on campuses. Um, we just recently were allowed back onto campus, and that's only basically come and go. Um, volunteering is, is still not not going, and so um, there's a there's a, you know, but why not? Why at the, the school up the road, parents are allowed up there full time, or down in Mesa or other school districts. So why are things so different? School district, school district to school district, um, and then yeah, the mandates. You know, watching wh- who was mandating masks, who was you know pushing vaccines. And all the things that, you know, we should be making these decisions for our children, for the students. They belong to us, the parents, and we should get decisions um, for their health, um, you know. And so watching all that um, just made me realize that if I was on the board and I could stand up and make these different decisions, we might have had different outcomes. Good. 
And so, and that's the same goes with the curriculum that's coming into our school. You know, the boards are the ones that approve the curriculum. And most of the time, what I found is they don't even know what they're approving. Right. They have committees. Right. They have committees that are, you know, um, supposedly vetting vetting the curriculums. Um, and so now I've gotten myself on to uh, one of these committees so that I can see for myself what's coming in and, um, you know, beginning to have a voice uh, on these committees. So I think that, um, you know, I, I'm running because I think we need to hold our boards and our leaders more accountable. We need more transparency. And right now we just can't trust uh, that, that the truth is, is really coming out. So I, that's my hope is that I can bring truth and transparency and be someone people can trust, um, you know, to, to say what's really going on in our schools. And the academic achievement is another reason. It's, you wouldn't believe our failing scores. I mean, in my high school, my, four of my children graduated up the, up the street. Are only 35% of the students passed. Uh, the 2021 state uh, English language arts. Yeah, yeah. This, this but that, that, that's by the that by the way that's a that's that's increasingly the case. I was looking at Florida's reading scores at the fourth grade, which is where the NAEP test comes in, the national assessment, the nation's report card test comes in on Florida. I was looking at the same thing, I, although it's a little it, it maybe a little bit worse there as a state total. But yeah, the proficiency levels are 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 are, are in the in the pits. And um, the failure levels or the below basic levels are higher than the proficiency levels when it comes to fourth grade reading. And somehow the wise progressive education thought leaders think, well, okay, let's teach them about transgenderism at the sixth, seventh grade right before they get into fourth grade. Meanwhile, the fourth graders can't read. And they say third grade is really kind of that that fulcrum upon which you're going to be literate or not, right? Exactly. Right. Where is our focus? It's it's not on academics right now. And that's one of the things I'm running on. We've got to get back to focusing on, you know, academics and education. That's why parents send our kids, you know, that's why we send kids to school. We oh. want our kids educated in core subjects. I want to talk about more of this with you when we come back. If we can, we're going to take a quick commercial break. My guest is Amy Carney. She is a candidate for the Scottsdale Unified School Board. Amy Carney for SUSD. Dot com is her website. She spells her last name C-A-R-N-E-Y. Uh, and she has a great book out, Parent on Purpose, A Courageous Approach to Raising Children in a Complicated World. I'm Seth. She's Amy, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Amy Carney is our guest. She's a candidate for the Scottsdale Unified School Board right here. Uh, just a little bit north of us, Amy Carney for SUSD.com is her website. And she is also the author of an important book, Parent on Purpose, A Courageous Approach to Raising Children in a Complicated World. Amy, <clears throat> in our previous segment, we were talking about some of the things our children have um, had to experience and go through uh, by uh, dint of the uh, what you might just call the um, the uh, expansion of progressive education uh, theories and practice that uh, students in Scottsdale have been subjected to, students across the country. We talked a little bit about uh, a few of the issues, one of them being the mask and vaccine mandates. I think it's important to point out, and I'd love your comment on this, I think it's important to point out that when we parents or adults, in my case, talk about or criticize these things uh, or talk about these things in a negative way, 
it's not because of a um, it's not because of any kind of a priori opposition to things that might help curb the coronavirus or covid or science. It's that we are actually following what the risk to the children, what the risks to the children are. Answer minimal. But what the other non-COVID risks to the children are, which are huge in the mental, social and emotional health space. And what we have done to our children, learning loss is one thing with the closing of schools. What we have done to them by scaring, sorry for the French, the hell out of them and by forcing them to, you know, mask emotions and cover their faces and pit them one against another, families one against another, taking away their social and recreational activities and having adults act as if they should be afraid of children. The damage here is incalculable and it's going to cause, if it hasn't already, I guess it probably has – uh, we're dealing with it only only for those who know about it, but we are dealing with it, a second pandemic, a second pandemic of children and mental health. Your thoughts on that? Oh, we absolutely are. And, you know, what's shocking to me is what, I, the, what I've been hearing the most lately is about teenagers, high schoolers, uh, especially girls, who now that, you know, the mask mandates are off at school, they still keep wearing the mask yeah. because they, don't, they are more comfortable in the mask. Yeah, right. I mean... This this is is so dangerous. What we've done that these kids now are more comfortable in a mask. Yeah, you can take the food. abnormal and make it normal. Yeah, with enough force, right? That's that's what we've done. We've yeah, we have taken the abnormal and normalized it. Yeah, you betcha, you betcha. Right. So, yeah, we should be very concerned, and we should <laughs> of what we've done these past past two years to to our kids. It's interesting when I look at the numbers. You mentioned the young teen girls. It's interesting. The numbers I've looked at, it has impacted the young ladies a little more than the young men, which I did not suspect. I would not have guessed it to go that way because I think there are more male problems than female problems in some respects when it comes to uh, social and emotional issues with our children. But the the COVID uh, mitigation mandates and mandates seems to have affected the women, the young girls, a little bit worse, a little more. But maybe, you know, this is lagging and we will see these numbers bear out and even out a little bit. I don't know if that's something you've noticed, too. Well, I noticed because my, my triplet sons were 2020 grads. Okay. Right? So they were right. They missed their graduation. My daughter was a 2021 high school grad. And I think they had it the worst. Mm-hmm. And I, my daughter's very strong. Um, and I saw her in a, in a state that I had never, uh, it scared me. Yeah. You know, the state that I saw her in yeah. um, because she just, was lacking so many things that you know an 18 year old at her age needed yeah. and um and so yeah it, we are we are paying a price <laughs> for kids of all ages uh, uh, what we you know what we did to them and what we mandated and then you know, we've got to take that serious you betcha you betcha and we will be paying a big price so actually i hope we pay the price i mean i hope there is accountability and i hope that there is a structure and funding to deal with what is coming and has come so far. Let me ask you, Amy, about this issue that is near and dear to my heart. You raised it in the previous segment as well, this increasing um, disappearance of uh, the distinction, the erasing of the distinction between uh, adults and uh, children. Um, It's it's something that adults have done and that children, I guess, are gelling to or, or, or taking on. Part of it may be on display in sharp relief in what we're seeing in Florida. I am amazed at how much of the elite culture, how much shamelessly 
of the elite culture is pushing the um, the righteousness, not just the 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 the, the insouciance, but the righteousness of teaching transgenderism and, and sexual thematics to five and six and seven year olds. This is an incredible thing to me. It's a bad thing. It should have been, uh, you know, an easy one hundred percent. All legislators vote against such a thing. This has become something that elite cultural leaders have no problem saying. You know, Florida did the wrong thing here. Right. Well, we're seeing uh, a lot of that happening uh, here in Arizona and especially in our middle schools. It's rampant. And the problem with it, too, is it's, um, you know, it's in darkness. Mm -hmm. A lot of parents have no idea Mm -hmm. that this is going on. And, um, you know, I hear from from moms who who call me just so upset that their their daughter is now, you know, announced she's a transgender and all these things were happening at school and they had no idea. You know, and this is coming from our Department of Education. You know, I mean, Sherry Sapir, who I know you had on your show, we we talked about this. I mean, this, you know, this ideology is coming from our Department of Education right here in the state, um, you know, and then filtering down into our schools. Mm -hmm. And we've we've got to pay more attention of of what's going on, uh, you know, in our elementary and middle schools especially. You've opened the door for me to reissue a comment that's really important. When we, who may call ourselves conservatives, talk about local control, Tenth Amendment, states' rights, that kind of thing, the who is what matters. It's not a sufficient answer. It may be a necessary uh, beginning to an answer, but it's not a sufficient answer because, you know, if you think about the local control you just outlined, Amy, yeah, okay, so we have Superintendent Hoffman who's putting this forward and we have a – we have a, a series of school board members who are only all too eager at the local control level to accept, adopt, and adopt it. So we need people like you. We need people like Shiri in office is what I am saying. Exactly. And then we need you know parents and community members who are also willing to you know, take the blinders off you bet. You know, and engage. And, and it's not easy, uh, but it's necessary. Yeah, the stakes are so very, very high on this that, yeah, the, the necessity of it, uh, you know, it, all, it, it should define itself for, for, for more and more parents. I'm worried not about people like you, Amy. I'm worried about parents who aren't engaged and aren't involved and just kind of let it happen or, you know, may think it's a good thing because they hear so much of it from CNN or, or, or the Arizona Republic or the New York Times, and they're not politically engaged at all. And probably, in fact, if they were to sit down with you or Sherry for 10 or 20 minutes, they'd be on our side. But, you know, since you don't run the Arizona Republic and you don't right now run the State uh, uh, Department of Public Instruction, right, they're getting a different message and they're getting warped in that direction. That's why I think these elections are so damn important. That's why I'm so proud of your candidacy. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. you betcha. Thank you. Amy Carney, she is running for Scottsdale School Board in the Scottsdale Unified School District. Amy Carney for SUSD.com is her website. I'm sure the first of many visits. Godspeed to you, Amy. Have a great weekend. Thanks for spending some of your time with us. Folks, your show open lines the rest of the way out, 602-508-0960. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, brought to you live by the Guns Etc. Studios. Uh, let's go to the phones. I have a lot to say, but um, most important voice is always yours. Rachel is in Goodyear. Hello, Rachel. Hello, Seth. Thanks for taking my call. Of course. Um, so I was, 
I was listening to your guest just now. I'm a teacher, also a high school teacher in the Valley. And a few things came to mind when I was listening to your conversation. Um, my school, too, we lifted our mask mandate a couple of weeks ago, and a lot of the students still wear their masks. Mm. Some of them because they're uncomfortable, and some of them because they're still scared okay. about getting COVID. Mm-hmm. And we had a faculty meeting, and I would say a good like 60, 70% of the teachers are still wearing their masks. What do you expect and of the students admin- when the teachers are doing that, right, Rachel? Exactly. Yeah. And our administrators are still wearing and the their admin- masks. And the admin, okay, so perfect. Yeah. It's really frustrating. I'm always telling my students when I ask questions and I can't hear their answer, I'm like, I can't hear you with your mask on. Take right. it off so I can hear you answer. Right. But they're, they're scared of, you know, Lots of things. Well, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't have the words. I have tried, Rachel. Maybe you can help me. I have struggled with the words of what it means for a society that wants to go and scare the hell out of its children like we have. I mean, you know, a society that fears its children is a sick society in and of itself. And what about one that actually instantiates fear in them? I just I, I that's 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 below sick. Yeah, it's criminal, I think. Um, but then also when you were, when um, your guest mentioned, you know, parents getting involved, I, um, my district has very low parent involvement and it's a huge district. And I am on, I'm a department chair and I was at a department chair meeting and we're a Title I school and we have to, we have to do this critical needs assessment every year. And we have to evaluate how well our school leadership does certain things. And the the principles that we were looking at this week were um, how well the leadership gives, um, like somehow tends to the academic and social and emotional needs of the students and the community. And the community, and, okay. Yes. And... And I, I don't know, you know, if, if you've heard that, you know, people say, oh, we don't teach CRT, we don't teach CRT, but social, socio-emotional learning is kind of like a CRT coming in through the back door. And I just think it's really interesting that in a district as large as mine, with minimal parent involvement, these are the districts where the socio-emotional learning components are really being pushed because it's a need that we have to address as a Title I school. And these are the schools where there aren't going to be parents standing up and saying, wait a minute. I, I, yeah, I don't, I, Rachel, I'm sorry. I don't think it's a back door. I, I, I think it's the front door in disguise. I mean, I, I equivalent, right. I, I, may, I put it this way. You know, you can have a school that, or any institution, that's that that says oh i don't know let's let's take um oh we don't teach creation here we just say that um on the first day there was light and on the second day there was a sky and on the third day we got dry land and seas and on the fourth day we got we got sun but but we wouldn't say we're teaching creationism here that's that's right. what they're talking about here that's what they're doing well we don't label it crt although some people do some places do but that's what they're doing. I mean, you know, you can, you can, you can, you can call a man a, you know, a, a camel, but it doesn't make it so. Right, and but it's the districts like mine 
that are larger and that there aren't any parents who are involved enough, like the parents probably in the Scottsdale district. You want parent are, involvement, don't you? I do want parent involvement. See, that's involvement. it. That's, that's the I didn't like, know what your answer would my, be, and I have always thought no. that the sign of a good school is a school that has welcoming welcomes parent involvement. I was hoping that parents would be more involved yeah. and get more upset about mask mandates. Yep. But parents aren't going to know anything about CRT being taught to their children because they're not involved, right. and it's my district that's going to be spreading it wider than any Well, work with district. me on this, Rachel. Uh, re- email me some of the stuff. I can keep anonymities, and I just uh, and I can I can highlight for parents what to be on the lookout for. It may come in different names. It may come in different guises, but this is the stuff we're talking about. You can get my email off our website, 960thepatriot.com. I would love to help out that way. I'll, you know, I'll, I'll keep all names private, and including districts. But, you know, send me the stuff, and we'll disseminate it here. We'll 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 be the uh, we'll be the cautionary voice here. I appreciate it. Thank you for doing what you're doing for the community. Thank you for doing what you're doing for the kids. Thank you for being a voice of reason and sanity. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, portions of which brought to you by the good folks at Balance of Nature. I take their fruits and veggies every day. Their fruits are a blend of 16 whole fruits. The veggies are a blend of 15 whole vegetables. It's whole food nutri- nutrition, pure potent plant power, and 100% natural using vine-ripened produce that is third-party tested for bacteria, pates- pesticides, heavy metals, you name it. Gluten-free, non-GMO, no extracts or synthetics, no added sugar, no nothing. Entirely entirely vegetables and fruits. That's all it is. That is all it is in a capsule, vegetarian, which you can open if you don't like swallowing them or chew. I want you to go to balanceofnature.com and check out those fruits and veggies. If you do, uh, make sure and use discount code BALANCE for the best deal possible. I take it every single day and I credit it with being responsible for keeping me well for these past three years. I usually get sick during the seasonal changes. I haven't since I've been taking balance of nature. We were just talking with Rachel, a teacher in uh, one of our school districts here, about how uh, critical race theory may be involved in your school, but they don't call it that, so they can deny that it is. And my point is, you know, you can you can think you're Napoleon; it doesn't make you so. You can uh, call anything, you know, you can call you can call this radio show a TV show, and it doesn't make it so. Uh, I don't know that I use the words talk radio on – actually, now that I think about it, I don't know if I've ever said the words talk radio on this microphone. But that's the business I'm in. Um, I don't know what you call this. I don't know what label you would affix to what I'm about to tell you. I would just call it – well, my general manager would get mad if he if I used the word I want to use. Let me just do it this way. Organization called Together Rising – uh, and uh, boy, they have a lot of followers on Twitter. Their tweet, we say gay. Today, in response to the attack on queer families in Florida, the attack on queer families in Florida, okay, Together Rising is investing $150,000 in three trusted organizations that are creating community and caring for LGBTQIA2S plus youth across Florida. Got it? L- Should I do it again so you can write it down? LGBTQIA2S plus. 
By the time we're all done here, it's going to be 50 letters and numbers and characters. We now have a character. Well, I guess we had a character with LGBTQ plus wasn't enough. Okay, so first of all, the attack on queer families in Florida. You know, I just don't know what to say about this except what Ben Shapiro said to the the two fathers um, with their two children who were talking about uh, being silenced and erased on Twitter. And he said, why, look, here you are on Twitter with thousands of retweets and no police coming for you, almost as though you aren't being silenced or erased at all. What is the attack on queer that's taking place in Florida? I know that's not the important question. The important question you have is what the heck is LGBTQIA2S+. I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but I do want to let you know. I used to, as I say, ignore these things because I thought they were absurd Do not underestimate the level to which this culture will adopt absurdity if it is told to that society that this is the progressive, this is the new, this is the cutting edge, this is the hip, this is the professional guidance. Do not underestimate people buying absurd when elite experts tell them this is the smart and good thing to do. Well, LGBTQIA2S plus stands for lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, and or questioning intersex, asexual, to spirit, and the countless affirmative ways in which people choose to self-identify. I don't even know if you know what to spirit means. I don't even know that I know what everything here means. I don't know what intersex means. I don't want to know. Let it alone. Don't call me. Don't tell me. Two spirit I had to look up. That just I had to look that up. You want to take a guess, Bill? Refers to a person who identifies as having both a masculine and a feminine spirit. So it's about spirit, not gender really anymore, or even proclivities or interests or orientations. It's now spirit. The assault is heavy, folks. The assault is heavy. And um, I can't tell you whether it's shock and awe the way the U.S. goes to war or whether it's this lumbering, uh, you know, fitful kind of thing like the Russians go to war. But there's a war. There's a war. There is not a cold civil war in this country. There is a hot cultural war. And they're using your children the way the besieged in Iran used their children during the war with Iraq as minesweepers. They're using the children. They are using the children to fight this war. Do you know how evil that was, what the Iranians did with their children on the mine sweeping in the Basij movement? Do you know what they did, Bill? They put plastic keys on a necklace around them. You know why? So when they were blown up, they would have the key to heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Rob's in surprise. Hi, Rob. Oh, hi, Seth. Happy Friday. Uh, sorry, I uh, was in the hospital for the last week. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm fine. I, I had this foot infection, and uh, they kept uh, taking stuff out of me, and I'm being pumped even now at home with uh, antibiotics, but it's not that important, really. All right, well, um, continued speedy recovery. I, I, yeah, thank you. Um, I, I was Well, there's a couple things I was thinking about. One was, you know, what the Iranian parents of these kids were thinking when they allowed their kids to uh, go through minefield, which reminds me a lot of your previous caller who is in a low parental involvement yeah. uh, district, um, which just drives me crazy. It's almost as though 
they're they're wanting they're not even paying any attention to this. But what I really wanted to call about had to do with we were talking earlier about twenty seven hundred page uh, uh, omnibus bill and nobody reads it and yet they they pass it anyway. And I'm thinking that maybe something that Republicans ought to be looking at and saying, hey, we we're not going to pass anything until we know exactly what's in it. Mm-hmm. And or we're just going to say no. Yeah. Until how hard could it be? Decide. How hard could it possibly be? I mean, you know how this works, exactly. right? Nancy Pelosi or the Democrats will say, well, the Republicans voted against dollars to the classroom. They're the ones who voted against dollars for securing our border. They're the ones who voted against dollars to help the Ukrainians. That's how they do it. See, that's the thing about what I was saying about if Roe versus Wade gets overturned. Are we prepared for these things? I mean, you know, to do something is one thing. To be prepared for it is another. And we really need to make sure we have our integrity in check. We really need to make sure on that. We're going to war. We better be fit for it. Thanks for spending some of your afternoon. Thanks for spending some of your week with us. I hope you're going into the week uh, uh, in the weekend in fine fettle. I am uh, intellectually obsessed, I suppose, with something uh, Amy Carney was talking about, which is the erasure of the distinction between adulthood and childhood. I want to close the show with a quote I may have already done all this week, but I think we ignore it to our peril and repetition is the essence of pedagogy. It's from Heather Hang where she says it is a fine needle to thread giving children enough space to make their own decisions and mistakes and protecting them from real danger. Our societal pendulum has swung too far to one side to protecting children against all risk and harm, such that many who come of age under this paradigm feel that everything is a threat, that they need safe spaces, that words are violence. By comparison... Children with exposure to diverse experiences, physical, psychological, and intellectual, learn what is possible and become more expansive. It is imperative that children experience discomfort in each of these realms, physical, psychological, and intellectual. Absent that, they end up full-grown but confused about what harm actually is. They end up children in the bodies of adults, and we now have them, and they're governing us, by the way. And if you want to know how we get to these places, it's because we are now having adult problems that are causing more and more children problems. And it's a vicious cycle feeding itself. Let's stop the cycle there. That's language the modern psychological uh, ethos of the day, well, Tanshango of the day can understand. Let's break the cycle. Let's break the cycle. God bless you all. Until next week, I'm Seth Liebson and class is dismissed. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.